0: Handy History Teaching Tips, blogs in a conversational style. Handy History Teaching Tips, a conversational podcast designed to help history teachers with tips, examples and ideas about history teaching. Sally Thorne, that's me, is a head of department and senior examiner. Helen Snelson was a head of department and now trains history teachers. Between us, we have more years classroom history teaching experience than we are going to admit here. Both of us regularly write resources and present at conferences. We are proudly history specific and practical in our approach. Our hope is that this podcast will become something of a problem page for history teachers. Think of Helen and I as your agony aunts. If you're wrestling with something particularly tricky and need some help, drop us an email at handyhistoryteachingtips at gmail.com or tweet us. I'm at Mrs. Thorne and Helen is at Snelson H. And we will see what we can cook up between us. Hello, this special one off podcast is for sharing top tips for learning from home in interesting times with apologies to Terry Pratchett in which we share our best subject specific ideas for helping students to continue their studies at home. So it's a bit of a weird tie. You were just talking about this word weird, Helen.
1: (laughs) Oh, my goodness. It's so good to know that you're safe and well. Yeah, weird is the word, isn't it? It's just uh, very strange. Weird. Etymology comes from... Uh, a bit as though something's been done to you, as well as just really, really odd and strange. Yeah, it's my, it's, my, it's definitely my word of twenty twenty. Yes. Anyway, let's start with key stage three. Um, I think some things uh, that we should talk about apply to both key stage three, key stage four, and beyond. But if you, we chat about key stage four a bit specific, and I think that'd be good. But Let's start with Key Stage 3 and our view is is definitely I think that it's a good idea to aim to provide one hour of really well-structured core work for Key Stage 3 per week. Um, I think one hour is realistic um, yeah. when um, you're working at home, you've got to share devices, internet time and it's also realistic for pupil engagement with us I think isn't it Um, they might hear us they might see us and that'll reassure them and connect them to us but um, I think you can provide lots and lots of other ideas for extensions and more as a teacher but I think any more than one hour commitment for key stage three a week is going to set pupils and staff up to fail and that's not going to get us anywhere
0: yeah yeah so yeah I mean we appreciate that there are lots of demands being made on some people and that might mean that you might not have control over this decision so you might be being asked to set more than that um, but we really hope that by saying it as lots of other people are that it kind of adds weight to the idea that as we all settle into this new weird world we um, should you know be thoughtful about what we're asking our students to do at home so I mean our suggestion would be for us a, a, like one structured hour a week um, and then if you need to set more then you can think about some enrichment activities that would go with that one hour um, if it's if it's required.
1: Yeah. And I think when you have a look at your lessons, what you would have been doing um, before all this blasted at us is probably not going to work just to try to deliver them online. I'm picking up some interesting stuff from Italy already from Pupil Voice, where they're just going, oh, my God, it's just not working, pretending we're in the classroom and then trying to trying to replicate that in some way, even with an enthusiastic speaker in the background. So I think what I'd be doing is taking a step back. And for Key Stage three, I'd be looking at the summer of my Year seven, eight, and and obviously nine, if you've got three Year Key Stage three, and thinking, what is it essential from this? Mm-hmm. That is, yeah. you know, what are they going to have to? What's going to have to happen, or it's going to make learning next year and beyond harder if they don't know it. Um, and so, I was looking at my last. Year eight scheme of work, for example, which was 2018 in my case before I shifted to the teacher training. Um, I'm looking at it now, and and we did in that summer we did the 19th century British Empire and industrialisation, having already done early Empire and slavery before. And so I'm thinking that looking at that, I would still need year eight going forward to be really clear on the concepts of empire, colonies, trade, industrial revolution, etc. Yeah, so I'm going to need to have to plan to get those in, I think. Um, then I also think that some of these topics did some heavy lifting for us in terms of building uh, historical, uh, well, working historically. So things like developing criteria for assessing the impact of consequences, and I need that learning to happen because. I don't know about you, Sal, but I spend endless times at GCSE going, so what, so what, when they're writing things at GCSE. (laughs) And I think in year eight, by doing that, assessing the impact of consequences work, setting the kids up to understand this it's like you give a reason and then you develop it and you talk about it further uh, which is so important for what comes later so I think I'm going to need to have a big think as well about having building the sense of period and place that's so crucial to being able to understand wider world topics in year nine because our empire topic did some really heavy lifting geographically about where things are for a start (laughs) Um, yeah we all know we can't take that one for granted um (laughs) Yeah. And I think if we don't, in, in this case, this uh, curriculum, have enough knowledge of the impact of industrialisation on society and people in the 19th century, it's going to make it really hard to make sense of Britain on the eve of the First World War in the year nine curriculum. So I'm sort of talking out, thinking out loud there, looking at looking in sort of in front of me at my key stage three curriculum. But I'm hoping that those few examples give you the the idea of seeing yeah. what I mean yeah, by stepping back. Um, so it really is doing that good curriculum thinking, going back to what is the learning and thinking carefully. I think about what bits they need in depth and overview um, and resisting the temptation to, to throw stuff out there at them because it looks good or it's whizzy or it's what somebody else is doing. Um I definitely definitely don't think we're going to be teaching the same I would be writing for example for my solution there some Nat Kesterton style narratives or raking through my old textbook collection to set up some pre-reading and then focusing on the lesson itself on working with the knowledge which might be a little bit different than perhaps I I would do regularly with my the year eights that I had in 2018 but Yeah. yeah Um so changing the style of learning, but really having done some good thinking about what the learning's gonna be. Have you got some yeah. more ideas on that, Sal?
0: Yeah, I completely like once you've figured out what the um, what you want them to learn so and then the how is the is the really important bit I think next because it's just I mean I know that I I like to talk in my classroom I spend a lot of time talking um, I don't think that necessarily works um, at, at a distance so um, what I'm trying to do is think about um, what sort of activities I can set that will really help them like really challenge them so uh, with my uh, year sevens um, we were thinking about later this year we're going to teaching them about the Tudors and the wider Reformation. Um, So that would have been kind of towards the end of year seven. So this year, um, I intend to give them some readings from the books that I use for A-level. So um, I completely agree about having subject matter that's really going to engage them. um, And I'd add that, also, we want to give them something that's quite challenging because I think a lot of the students are going to find that the novelty of not being at school wears off pretty quickly. Um, and maybe I'm institutionalised, but it's already worn off for me. So we can definitely make hay while the sun shines here by giving them some quite meaty tasks to do. So they'll be away from the distraction of their peers. And um, you know, they might be a bit bored. They might want, you know, they they if you're setting work for them to do at home, then I think they're going to they're going to want something that it feels worthwhile doing it. It's not just really easy easy stuff that they can do in a in a you know matter of minutes so there are uh, what I've, I've I'm lucky that I've got a lot of Tudors books because that's what we teach for A-level so I'm going to work through those and um, scan some a couple of pages in here and there there are masses of ideas out there on how to help students to kind of navigate tough readings but my absolute favorite thing to do is to start by providing summary sentence sentences for each paragraph that the students have to match to the paragraph so as they read it they go okay well which sentence describes that paragraph okay it's this one i think that really helps them to kind of navigate through the reading um and then once they've done that then they can do a short list of comprehension questions to answer those and then maybe uh, well I think the the kind of learning bit at the end then follows something drawing on the whole extract, as opposed to just those kind of short questions so that they're really thinking about what the what the writer is saying as the whole. So that might be my, my structured lesson around the Tudors. And then for complementary learning that week, um, you know, maybe I'd recommend resources. Obviously I would recommend resources around the Mary Rose, it's my absolute favorite. And so they could maybe watch the documentary Skeletons of the Mary Rose, which is still on 4OD, um, and maybe followed up with some re- learning resources from their website, or if that doesn't really work then uh, another thing that i really love is is black tudors and they could read Tudors, uh, read chapters from the Black Tudors, or you can get Black Tudors on Audible. So they could listen to different chapters there, um, just to kind of give them that that kind of wider sense of, of Tudor period.
1: Oh, those are lovely examples. Really, yeah, let let's 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 have an aspiration to, to challenge and, and and I think there are different ways around it for, for different kids, and we'll come on to a bit like that later as well. But um, a key tip then, isn't it, is going to be going back to the court. What do they need to learn? And that will give us a really strong spine to the terms learning and then the enhancements such as that brilliant doc on the Mary Rose can be can be added to it um, and uh, hey yeah they're not going to have the <laughs> discipline of school and the power of our personalities to engage them so we're going to need to pay more attention to subject matter that's going to really hook them in and you know Sal, before we started this chat I was thinking this is returning me to the good old SHP principles no, yeah, yeah, it's it's just magic we think those guys cracked it way back in the <laughs> sort of 1970s and and i was thinking i would be building in lots of stuff thinking about history around us History in the news. Yeah, making it
0: relevant, making it rigorous, (laughs) like picking up all of those six principles.
1: Great, isn't it? And and I'd be adding to that history around us and in the news. I think I'll be adding some oral history. I mean some of you will know I, I love that anyway, but but actually setting them up with some really good enhancement ideas that connect to the topics that you're using in your core hour, but that use the history of the family. It'd be just a great way to talk to grandparents over Skype, for example, with a bit more structure and purpose because I don't know about you but we're already running out of interesting news because none of us have yes. been anywhere <laughs> yeah <laughs> so it's yeah it's like oh god so it's like sort of sitting there going right what am I going to say to granny this time it could be like oh I've got these questions oh, yeah, to yeah I'm going to
0: interview you about yeah, yeah. I yeah
1: I just think that's got real potential and 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 could do some really really interesting interesting uh learning and questions and inquiry and
0: yeah, yeah. I, I mean there's I've seen somebody other people have been doing this I think this is quite a popular project but yeah not my Year nines are currently doing a project where they've spoken to an elderly relative or um, a, an older family friend, and then they have to choose one thing that they can remember from history and then they go away and research that and, and do a presentation on that. So we end up with quite a lot of presentations about all kinds of things. Um, I think I might have talked about this before, but I really love it because of the stuff that comes out of it. And my colleague Marianne, she was doing this with her year nines actually, sadly, before we went into lockdown. So they, they've kind of already done that. But somebody brought brought in a, um her grandmother's her great grandmother's diary from when she'd visited Germany in the 1930s you're like like mind blown you're just the yeah. amazing stuff that's at home that Fantastic. they can find out
1: yeah and actually I um I did this a few years ago and you know you make it's making me remember that we'd have time to sort of do this now it would be to say do it in stages and say okay it's kids go and ask your grandparents what they remember say about the 1960s and then write three things down that you think oh I'd like to know more about that and then go away and actually find out some more about it and we could help them find out some more about whatever it is it might be they've talked about oh I don't know mini skirts it might be they've talked about the Cuban Missile Crisis but the kids could then go away and investigate that particular area and then come back. Now I'm aware that's getting a bit popcornish in some ways, because and we're going away from our spine by me saying that. But yeah, that would be good enhancement stuff. I think it would keep the hook and hook and the engagement. You can keep your core spine going, but but let them have some freedom if they're if they're up for it yeah
0: well yeah and it fits so our, our year nine scheme of learning towards the end is is kind of post-war britain it's a it's a very amorphous scheme of work that i call suspicious minds um with <laughs> but i it's just yeah thinking about what britain was like after the second world war um so uh race relations and the cold war things like that so hopefully they'll be picking up some things that we can um develop well with those with those post world war Two lessons Whatever.
1: Yeah, they, no, right. no, that'd be great. What online platforms are you using, Sal? Uh,
0: well, so um, I've been looking at different ways to record the record my screen with narration. So uh, Screencast-O-Matic was uh, recommended to me and that will record your screen for up to 15 minutes um, on the free package. Uh, so up to 15 minutes of narration at a time. Uh, Loom is also really good for this um, and it also creates a link so it can be screened dreamed or you can download it and put it onto YouTube for them I think um, we we really need to be thoughtful about the size of the files that we're asking students to download and um, so if you can make it accessible to them online for streaming I think that's a much if you're if you're intending to do lots of narration or video then I think that's a much better idea so my aim Good has been to, to use my voice as little as possible and just really think about clarity of written instruction and um, I've really been thinking that through particularly with my GCSE lessons that I've been putting online and um, so also that makes it easier for students if, if there's only one or possibly two computers in the house then they could potentially print the work off and complete it without the use of a device and um, you know this is going to be a lot of staring at a screen for students that don't spend a lot of time staring at a screen So, um, if we can think about, yeah, I think it's worth thinking about that as well.
1: Yeah, and I know, I mean, something that's, I'm not alone, I know by long chalk, we're all desperately concerned about our vulnerable learners, aren't we? But um, I guess, you know, we can't control everything. But something that has occurred to me is that there are some kids that offering more options will be a way for them to find their own freedom and, and stay connected with learning and the wider world beyond home. So we've yeah. got to hang on to the hope hang on to the hope of that that if we can make things a- accessible um, in its in its widest sense, then yeah. you, you know, kids can
0: Yeah, find, yeah.
1: And can hang on hang on in there.
0: Yeah, and they've got something to kind of yeah take take them out of their own heads if you like for a while and i think um i've also been thinking about what my students are able to access from their phones that they might not need um a laptop or a computer for and so because kind of working on that basis that they're likely to have some device even if it's very small and so i know you've got some ideas for um for different things that they could access from that
1: yeah there's various things coming out i mean some schools i know are already um running things like sort of online book groups but even a even a well curated list of resources for your kids that goes beyond the basic app a week could be good there's a there's going to be um um an ha resource hub going online from next week which will sort of try and pull together yeah hopefully try and pull together both um a list of sort of stuff that with a bit of idea about how to use it to save people reinventing the wheel but also to to flag up good quality stuff that other people are doing um so it might be for example what's coming up from the bbc because they're going to do lots of their stuff on um make lots of their stuff available shortly aren't they as, as a yeah, like yeah. education educate the nation which is just great but i'm sure lots of that would be really good on phones um there's the shp writing competition maybe hardest to write an essay on the phone but that's really something worth plugging i think but what you were saying about Audible as well, they've made a lot of their children's books free for the duration of this crisis. So that's extraordinary that kids could sit and listen to things like Gombrich's Little History of the World or other history books. Um, there's the H.A. historical fiction list. Um, yeah so there are lots of lists of good sort of short film clips or documentaries as well you can put your own together but actually before you start embarking on putting a, a list of uh, short film clips together in films it's really worth checking what other people have done so i've got james musley's history flicks there's there's some really nice long lists of uh relevant film clips on uh, russell tar's youtube channel as well and mr Olsop history um you go on those before you start your own from scratch because you'll yeah. probably find that a lot of work has been done for you which is just fab
0: yeah and i think that's you know for year nine particularly those that are intending to go on um to gcse next year then you you could consider what enrichment you could suggest to them that's going to really set them up for that gcse as if they've got their one hour a week of lessons but then you're thinking you know well um so i might recommend that my if they can oh i wonder if that's still available that um World on Fire that was on at the beginning of the well the beginning of the school year, um, yeah. which really if that's still on the BBC, um, that would be really good kind of enrichment for them um, to watch in the run up to. Um, studying germany so
1: you um can put requests actually on now can't you so you oh, could request yeah. it yeah you could put yeah. it but bbc were asking for requests i'm just hoping blanket horrible histories as well because you know there's an awful lot right with that there's yes. an awful great sense of period comes out of some of that stuff and yeah
0: terry deary doesn't like us but we love him so that's
1: yeah it. exactly <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah. So, um, you know, and and when it comes to GCSE thinking forward, you know, we've talked a lot about Key Stage 3. Uh, but for my GCSE, I have a very top heavy curriculum timetable. So for my GCSE students, I've really been focusing on subject knowledge acquisition for the time being. Now, I am in the really enviable position of all my students having their own copies of the textbook at home. I don't, I don't take that for granted. It is a really good good position to be in but luckily um the big publishers all seem to be aiming to plug that gap by giving access to online resources for free so if you've got textbooks that you leave that you use in school then have a look at the publisher's website to see whether you can provide some digital access to those books at home so think hodder are providing um one year's digital access to textbooks that you've already bought um, and with pearson i think if you if you sign up um through kind of and, and give your school name then they give you access to uh, textbooks and revision guides i think so brilliant, um brilliant. and if, if we're in this for the long haul and you've got a three year key stage four then you might want to consider shifting your units around so that you're setting the same work for both year groups if possible God, that's and so such a good idea yeah, it's, yeah it, would, it would really lighten the workload if you can possibly do that um, and it will give you more time to think about how you can structure the work so that the students are really getting what they really need out of it um, as opposed to just you know keeping them busy so the lessons that i've been setting they're very vanilla and um, it's just a very similar thing each time and so we start with notes from the book and um, I give them a kind of a headings or a series of questions depending on what the material is I and mean, then actually I've got two year 10 classes so they're slightly different depending on which class it is um, and then after they've done their notes I give them a task that forces them to draw on those notes so last lesson it was writing an obituary for my favourite German 1920s politician, Straseman love him. And so if I was at school, I'd follow that up then with an exam question. But I'm mindful that, that that's going to build up possibly a colossal amount of marking. So what I'm doing is um, I'm trying to set exam questions using the question function on Google Classroom. So that's what we use um, at school for our online learning platform. And if you use the question function, then students can type their answers in as a response. And I can give them a mark and some feedback on the classroom Um, as well so I I did this last year with year 11 we have a whole revision classroom for year 11 and I set them question of the day and they could do it if they wanted to or they you know they didn't have to funnily enough, not many of them did it. But it was what was really helpful to me is that I can do that from my phone. So, um, you know, I didn't. And last year I was doing that while I was queuing or on the bus. You know, I remember those days fondly. Now I'd just be doing it from my phone. <laughs> Love <laughs> but, it. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah. So, I, yeah, I, I think that's a, a really good way. And just also be, be mindful of, of what you're building up for yourself when students eventually come back, because you're not going to, want to spend like three weeks marking um yeah
1: so that's yeah, that's yeah, my, it's not my be possible progress. is it yeah. all right okay hey it's good to chat to you sally i think we've probably chatted on long enough for with yes. our initial thoughts because <laughs> um, gosh this is still early days we're going to be real experts in this aren't we by the end yes of it? <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. You know, if you find you haven't got the knowledge, you need to do this. Then please, you know, reach out via either the historical association, and we'll do our best to find you, updating somebody that can help, put you in touch with with, with people that have done stuff. Yeah
0: yeah and also you know you can always email us and we had a series of revision podcasts planned for this term which clearly we're shelving till next year but um what we're planning to do next is is kind of look at disciplinary concepts to try and do a series on each of the second order concepts to maybe help you if you're thinking about once you've once you're down with with online learning and you can start thinking about planning you know updating your key stage 3 curriculum maybe so hopefully we'll give you something that will be helpful for that but anything else do drop us an email the email address is in the podcast um description um and yeah we'll we'll aim to plug any gaps you've got
1: yeah stay well stay safe yeah
0: take care helen
1: see you soon sally (laughs) bye